Welcome to the Power of a Woman podcast. This podcast is centered around helping you reclaim and finding yourself as a woman, connecting with how you want to feel in your life and body, and changing the narrative on not only how we approach health for women, but also how we treat ourselves and the stories that we tell ourselves. I'm so grateful you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back. We get to hang with Heather Schilbeck, who, if you guys have followed me for any period of time, you know as my mentor. Have we ever discussed how I found you? I you said you found my book on someone's Instagram. Yeah. She wrote a book called Dying to Be a Good Mother. And I don't remember where I found it, but I read it and it was like the first page. And you were like, why are you letting motherhood or something be the excuse to not take care of yourself? And I was like, oh, I like her. <laughs> and I think that's when we started chatting. So thanks for being here. I would love for you to share a little bit of your story, what's led you to what you do and and how you work with women now. Okay. Every time I tell this story, it comes out differently because I'm like, where do we start, right? Everything leads us up to where we are now. But mothering, motherhood was actually the first thing that cracked me open. And I was a mom. I became a mom when I was 18 and I have three boys now and they're 18, 13, and 10. And so when I talk about that, I mean, everything you need to heal comes up when your children turn specific ages and I'm in it. So became a mom, looked at my son, and I immediately was like, I don't want to become a statistic. And this like primal energy inside of me, I didn't know at the time, it was like a fear of failure, like actual that I'm going to fail on a primal level as a mother, like I'm already doing things backwards. So that was my first into hustle culture where I'm like just becoming an overachiever, which I wasn't previously in my life. I was like the passive versus active. And I'm like, okay, he's my purpose now. Mothering is my purpose. So I'm going to live for this child. I'm going to do the things for this child. And I got pats on the back culturally from it. Everyone's like, look at you go. Like You're so amazing. Fast forward, I'm in school. I get a university degree. I become a social worker. I fall in love with seeing and understanding children's behavior, and I'm getting noticed for it. That people are actually like, you're really good at this. Like, you're good with kids. You get them. You love the underdogs. You love the labeled, you know, children that everyone else has written off. You can get through to them. And I'm like, yeah, why can't everybody else do this? realizing that I'm now learning about what they call emotional intelligence. Like, oh my goodness, people have emotions. Still curious why adults don't understand this concept, especially educated adults. So I'm learning about emotional intelligence. I'm learning about human behavior through children. And I start teaching meditation and mindfulness to kids. And parents drop off their kids and they're like, did you fix them yet? Like, Okay, like I, they're making me yell. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, this is projection. So then I keep following the breadcrumbs and I'm like, oh, we're the problem. Parents are the problem. We're the adult. Like if we can't emotionally regulate, we're going to project onto other people. Fast forward, I leave my job, my corporate job, three boys, the little one who's now 10. I'm like breastfeeding, like in startup phase. And I'm diagnosed with a stage four cancer and at the time didn't have the financial privilege to not work. So I'm doing coaching calls from my hospital bed. 
which actually in hindsight, like gave me life. And I was so grateful that I loved my work. Like my work brought me joy. So even though I was in a physical crisis state, a financial survival state, that bucket of my life was overflowing. And after that, so my primary work at the time was like the parent-child, like parenting. And then after that, I was like, okay, ladies, we need to stop pretending that like it's the kids. It's just the kids. You're telling me you can't implement certain things because you're exhausted, you're angry, you're miserable, you're resentful, your marriage is falling apart, you hate your life, blah, blah, blah. You don't think any of that matters. And that's where the dying to be a good mother came in because we're literally dying to be good for everybody else. Our children, our partners, our clients, freaking neighbors, like the barista at Starbucks, like everybody to be good for everyone except ourselves. And so I had to begin to reverse engineer how I wanted to feel in my life. And that is how you found me because I'm like, you can do that in your personal life. You can do that in your professional life. Yes, we need strategy, right, Brooke? We need strategy and we need feelings and we need to lean in and we become the type of person that we want to be for our children and everyone else. So that's where I'm at today. That emotionally uncomfortable is not just about hustle and push. I actually believe it's like we can do things for short amount of times that are emotionally uncomfortable. It's not always quote unquote hard and hustle. I actually think we can do way less better if we're willing and get quicker results and have the time to read a book, watch Netflix, do whatever the hell you want by actually feeling your feelings on a deeper level. It's funny. So when you said you think your kids trigger stuff on you, I thought I had it together. And then we had our daughter and I was like, when she started like talking, I was like, oh my God, where did this come from? (laughs) Like, I've never seen this version of myself. She was at the dinner table one time. I remember when her sass like fully came out and I was like, Lucy, I need you to take a bite of something. And she looked at me and she goes, I don't want to hear your voice. And I was like, okay, so, so this is the test. And I started oh my like, God, that's so good. <laughs> the other night, last night I said something to her and she, I was like, well, this is mommy's plate. And she goes, you have a bowl, mom, not a plate. And I was like, all right, these little like moments, right. Or there's little like triggers you start to notice those little things in yourself, I think was my biggest test, but it's interesting. I mean, I've worked with you for a couple of years now, but since then, I feel like I master one thing. And another thing is a, the next layer comes in and there's like onions to peel back. So for people who are working through stuff and they feel mm-hmm. like they're just keep unfolding thing and thing and thing, what do you usually advise in those scenarios? Like, is it just same scenario, different thing or so When I go back and I even look, I like to use myself as a student, you know, I will always practice what I preach and it's like, I'll I'll kick people's ass, but I'm also like, I totally get it. Like I was there last week. And if mothering was my first in to personal development, I've been at it for 18 years. And I wouldn't say that it has gotten any quote unquote easier. I think I've just accepted humanness that there is no finish line. There is no perfect way to get your kids to. There is no perfect strategy to get XYZ. And it's like fitness, nutrition, health, anything. It's a, I hate the word mindset. It's so overused, but it's like, it's an identity. 
It's a lifestyle. It's a becoming. I believe that life will show you where you need to go and where you need to grow. So if you are experiencing a contrast, you're sitting there at night going, not this, not this, not this. It may be parenting. It may be your health. It may be your money. It may be your marriage. You're sitting there going like, oh my gosh, this is my biggest roadblock right now. That bucket or whatever area of your life is what's challenging you and forcing you to grow. And then you know, you're going to get to a point where you're like, if you decide to run towards it instead of avoid it, because most people will avoid or they just circle around it. I call it playing double Dutch. You know, they're like, I don't want to jump in because one, it's going to hurt. It might hurt. I might get whipped in the face with the rope, but then you get in, you're like, yes, I'm doing it. And then, you know, the ropes stop. And that's just the way life is. So that area of your life is going to challenge you and push you to grow. At first, it was parenting. Then it was my health. Then it was my career. Then it was this. Then it was that. Then it was money. Then it was my marriage. Then it was this. And then I'm like, okay, all the buckets should be full. I've worked on all of them. And then it's like, oh, but damn you, you're ambitious. And now you want more. Now there's the next level and the next level. So it's just this cycle. And you eventually, hopefully, find a rhythm that you're like, I don't need to sprint every day. I could be in a slow jog season. But if I convince myself that I can just be in a sit on the couch and do absolutely nothing, then yeah, I'm going to have to like do all the work again. So, I mean, you either accept that you have to run towards what you're avoiding or you need to accept the emotional pain and discomfort and suffering that you're in. And I know, Brooke, you talk a lot about health and I clearly have a interesting health history. And like, I remember going to my physicians, my doctors, my healthcare providers and saying, this isn't right. And I don't feel okay. But I also at the same time had a foot in the online space. So I had access to out of the box thinking people, yeah. but I had to come back to myself of like, Am I going to stop here because I'm getting a no? Am I going to stop here because someone in my family doesn't agree with the decisions I'm making? And along this whole journey, what I've had to learn is like that ownership of like, this is my responsibility. I can hire support. I can have a community around me. But at the end of the day, I am the one who needs to take certain action. Nobody is going to do the work for me. It's interesting too when you say double dutch because I think everybody starts at some point, right? They pick like the pain point that they so whether they're starting with us in like health and fitness or they're starting with you with like their motherhood journey or or their business, they're picking one pain point of their life that doesn't feel good and they're attacking that one. But I always say like the way you do anything is the way you do everything, right? So if yeah. you're feeling that way about one aspect of your life, it's probably in other aspects of your life. You just don't recognize it yet yeah. or you haven't felt it or you're too scared to address it. So I came to you for my business, which ended up being more personal stuff than anything, which turned into my marriage, right? Which turned into money, which turned into addressing all those things, which I don't think people really recognize. I think we get into these thinking like, oh, I'm just going to feel really good and it's going to be so easy and you're just going to tell me what to do. And then when you realize that you're going to have to do things that are really hard and set boundaries, hold, you know, other people responsible for staff, you know, in my case, like even bring up the possibility of a potential divorce in the future if it doesn't go certain ways, right? You have Mm -hmm. to 
to start to hold the line on certain things. And that I think can be scary. But the thing I always ask our questions, our, our clients is like, you can either choose to be in this really hard scenario where you're going to start to feel really good on the other side of it, or you can choose to be in this really hard scenario where you're sitting there resentful. And the only reason you're resentful is because you can't blame anybody else. It's yourself. I remember I had one client in particular and I asked her, because I always ask the magic wand question. I'm like, if we can solve one problem or you, we can co-create and solve one problem for you in this program at this time, what would it be? And she said, I need to make the decision if I'm in or I'm out of my marriage. And she goes, I, I don't want this marriage anymore. And then she said, but let me explain. It's not that I don't want to be in relationship with my husband. It's that I don't want this marriage, this relationship, this dynamic. And she was able to reverse engineer how she wanted to feel in that specific relationship. But she also had to sit with the duality of like the fear of uncertainty in the future and face it. Because when we avoid it, we're like, I'll get to it someday when, someday when. And then it just builds and builds and builds and builds. And like anything, it's the same with health. Like I sat there paralyzed in fear that I was going to die. Like I'm like, okay, my body is in a crisis state. I have to act as if I am going to live my best optimal life, but I am not certain that tomorrow I'm going to live or next month or next year. That is not guaranteed. And so we sit in this fear of like, but if I do this, then this, then this. And it's like, I'm like, ladies, gentlemen, every human, if you don't learn to master fear at the core, it will come up as guilt. It will come up as shame. Like, all these maskings at the core of everything. If you don't understand how to master your fear, you will live in fear. And if you live in fear, it is guaranteed your life will end up the way you don't want it to. The actual fear that you have will manifest as true because that's the energy you're constantly focused on. So it's like sitting with the fear and also going, not this, not this. How do I want to feel and continue to constantly co-create how you want to feel in your life? And like you said, those areas of your life will show you. I just met with someone before we chatted who was talking about how taking this step is going to mean that she's going to have to hold some lines with friendships in her life that she's not mm-hmm. going to be going out and having drinks with them regularly or you know, the last minute person to, to be out late and She's like, I, I really don't want that anymore. I don't want that to be my relationship. But she's scared of what that's going to mean to the relationships if she holds that line. And, you know, I was like, well, but then you don't want that. You're not enjoying it. That's not really the friendship you want. But your fear of losing those friendships is keeping you in a place where you're physically feeling trapped in your body and not feeling good, all because you're just scared of what somebody's response might be if you ask them to go golf instead of going out drinking. I think it's interesting because you know this. What do people typically do? They won't go there. They won't even express their fear like because they can't put words to it. They will say, I can't afford it or now's not the right time or like the, the quote unquote excuse will come up. And it's like, just be honest with yourself. Like even the fact that you can say, I'm scared Every I know now that every time I'm making an investment 
And investment to me is not just money. It's the time and energy investment. Because I actually think it's easy to pay for something. The emotionally uncomfortable part is when you're investing the time and energy into it. And when you do that and you're like, oh my God, I'm risking something big, like a friendship, you can feel yourself growing. Like I feel that now. I mean, a lot of people know they're like, oh, Heather, I don't really drink and I'll be in bed by like eight, nine o'clock because it feels so good to me. And then I'll be up very early and it just brings me so much joy. And, you know, there's some people, I don't really hang out with a lot of people because I don't need that in my life. Like, I just don't. I'm like a hermit. If you read my human design, everything, it's like you're a hermit, like a leader hermit. And I'm very particular with my socialization. And But I can feel myself too, where I'm like, oh, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. And then I go and I'm like, I gain nothing from this because this person's lifestyle is so out of alignment with mine that I I just can't even create a connection. And I'm not losing anything. It's just different. I've outgrown it, right? You're just like a plant. You've outgrown the pot. You've now been inserted into the soil. Like, And there's grief in that. And I think that too is where the emotion comes that, you know, are we leaving relationships or are we actually grieving that version of ourselves? Because truly that's what it is. And I like going back to motherhood, everyone talks about, you know, the identity crisis people go with or go through when they became a, when they become a mother. Yes. And you are also grieving like at probably every six months or every year like that child who was like once a baby, now a toddler, now this, now this, and grieving the process of you. And so if to me, I'm like, if you are not actively seeking joy or how you want to feel, those big feelings are going to take you out. So this is actually the way that I cope with life instead of doing it as a luxury. Like I tell people, I'm like, I don't know how you you freaking get out of bed every morning, eating like that, moving like that, thinking like that, living that lifestyle. Like I really don't know how you do it, but you can tell based on their energy and how they show up in the world. Just said the other day, we've had significant stressors behind the scenes. And I had said to our clients, I'm like, I can't imagine how I'd be feeling if I didn't feed myself and move my body and you know prioritize the things that I do when it comes to my health. Because, but also I think we we forget to be in tune with ourselves too, whether it's being in tune with like how your body's feeling or being in tune with your emotions. We're so disconnected from ourselves in so many different ways that I don't think people even necessarily put those two things together of mm-hmm. I'm feeling this way because of this, or this is making this worse. I don't think people are necessarily connecting those dots. Okay. We'll have, I know you probably have had challenges with this too, like putting boundaries around your phone. Yeah. So. It's something as simple as that. Like your it's your brain, it's your body, right? And you're sitting there going, like something as simple as saying, I'm not going to use my phone as an alarm clock. I'm going to put an old ass alarm clock in my room and put this downstairs. And the first response when someone is codependent and addicted to something, they're like, What if there's an emergency in the middle of the night? And it's like you can hear your phone downstairs. Well, well, and it's like, come on, can you logically be like, what the fuck did they do in the 1950s? Okay. What did they do 10 years ago? Well, I use it as an alarm clock, go to fucking Walmart, Target, do something and buy, go on Amazon 
and like, stop, like call yourself out. If you, you get to keep what you defend. So if you're going to defend your shitty habits, if you're going to defend the identity that is keeping you stuck, you get to keep it. But if you're willing to go, oh, wow, that makes me emotionally uncomfortable, but I'm going to try it. Right. And then I try it and I even bought one of those little silly bone jails and I put it downstairs and then I'm like circling around it and I'm like, go back to bed. And then I go back to bed and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm trying to read. And it's like, I just watch my own behaviors, be emotionally uncomfortable, be willing to challenge yourself rather than being defensive. So it's just fascinating to watch how we, our brain is designed to keep us safe but we're so smart and yet too smart for our own good where it's like, you have to be willing to lean in to challenge yourself. But if you're not done with your own bullshit, you'll find an excuse. I thought I was really good at it. And then you made me go to Tulum. <laughs> that was so fun. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to be good when she gets home. Yeah. You had a lot of resistance. Yeah. I don't, I wasn't actually resistant so for those listening, I went to Tulum with Heather, tried to cancel on her four times before we went because I was scared of going. And I don't, I think I had every, but you didn't present as scared, but I knew you were scared. Yeah. I, well, my scared is presenting as logical and making logical decisions about stuff, but I wasn't nervous about leaving the kids. I knew the kids would be fine. I, the only nervousness I had around that was, you know, if I have traveled, I like traveling on my own. But if I have traveled, I still get to FaceTime them. So they still get to see me. So my only nervousness was like, well, how are the kids going to react if they don't see me for four days? And then being a business owner, I had like, you know, imaginations that like my whole business was burning down and everybody was canceling and I was going to come back to nothing. And it was humbling to get my phone and realize that nobody needed me the whole time. Everything was fine. Kids barely And you had <laughs> leads coming in from my recall while yeah. you were gone. Yeah. Everything actually was better that I detached myself for four days. But is it's funny? We I'll we'll have clients. I'm like, are you doing restoration? Yes. I'm like, how are you doing it? Well, I'm taking a bath. Great. What are you doing when you're in the bath? I'm on my phone. Like that's not restoration. Yeah, you're just physically putting your water or your water, your body in water. Yeah. Yeah. The, the detaching, I think, is probably one of the toughest things. And the further and further I've gone down hormones and nutrition and all that. Sometimes people can get frustrated to hear like the nutrition's actually not the problem. You think your nutrition is the problem. It's not the problem. Your hormones are actually not the problem either. It's the way you're living your life. It's the way you're managing or not managing stress in your life. It's the relationships. It's in your routines. And it's the way that you're managing energy, right? And how you're showing up and all those things. Yes, it's very annoying because you all, we also live in modern culture. And I think you have to have a lot of self-awareness and I wouldn't say self-discipline. I'm not going to go to that extreme of like, need to be a very disciplined person. Like, sure. Yeah. But you just have to be willing to like do a little bit every day. Like just, just push your edges a little bit. So if you're finding yourself in the tub with your phone, be like, okay, cool. This time I'm just going to set it next to the sink and see how long I can sit here without the phone in my hand and then just push that edge a little bit or put something else in your hand to like, I don't know, keep yourself busy in the bathtub. <laughs> wink, wink, figure it out. But my point is 
just push the edge a little bit, but call yourself out. Just be honest with yourself. I think we just like hijack it all the time. I know you always yell at me for my coffee. And, but it's funny because sometimes I'm like, yep, I'm having a coffee. And other times I'm like, I don't want this fucking coffee. Why did I have, why did I just make this coffee? And I will physically make a coffee and I have like a bougie ass coffee maker. I know it's like $3 a cup at my house when I make it and I will pour it out because I'm like, that was just habitual. You don't even want it. Make a tea. Okay. Or I'll challenge myself, drink a tea, go for a 20 minute walk, chug some water, and then you can have a coffee. Like I play these mental games and then I don't end up having the coffee. It's it's a game. It's the same with food or fitness or anything. We have to challenge ourselves. There's not a one and done option. I think you have to challenge yourself and you also have to be willing to release expectations and a timeline that you're putting on yourself with those things too. Yeah, that's annoying. Consistency. That's not that's not sexy. How do you get past that when people are like, well, I've taken this six-week course and I achieved XYZ or I was promised this and someone is so obsessed with the end result, but they're not committed to the journey. I mean, well, one, you're literally creating a stressful environment in your body when you do that. So every time mm-hmm. you're obsessed with what the end result is and if you're there or not there, you're creating a stress. But the other question I always ask is I'm like, well, how did that work for you? You've, you came to us because you've done all these six week things or three month challenges or, you know, whatever it is, and you're still back in the same spot and you're coming to us again. So it's not working, but you're still coming into, you can't take this new approach with like this old thought pattern that you had before. You told me you wanted sustainability. You told me you wanted things to be a lifestyle shift and to do this differently. And now you're coming here frustrated that in two months you haven't shifted your whole life. Yeah. I talk a lot about emotional habits and the identity shift that, you know, I am now the type of person that when I travel or leave my house, I'm like, okay, how am I going to get some type of movement in and what, where can I buy food or how, what is this going to look like? Like I consider those things where before I was like, nope, I don't even, I don't have time for that. And I remember the mental challenge of like trying to create space for those things. And it's just the consistency of I'm not willing to give up on this cup, this bucket of my life. I'm going to figure this out. Like it may not be in six weeks. It may not be in six months, but like, I'm not going to keep saying someday when, someday when I'm going to run towards it. And challenges now to me have become fun. I have a more... I still get frustrated. I still get stressed out about things. But when I do, like you were saying, like there's a controlling energy around it. So when I can feel that, I'm like, that's a symptom. So I'm like, how do I want to feel? I want to feel playful. I want to feel energized. Okay. I can tell I'm trying to control something. So let's just loosen the reins a little bit. How can I be playful about this? It might be putting on an energizing song or going for a walk or just saying, I need to take a break need to get my brain back in alignment and then I'll start again. But if I'm like so off my, how do I want to feel? I'm like, this is not aligned and I will be dead. I will dead stop, put up boundaries for everything and realign, realign because you get so far removed from yourself. And then there you are, handfuls of supplements, but I'm doing everything right. Yeah. But you're so freaking stressed out when you do it. That's, you're not solving the problem. Yeah. Absolutely. 
The other thing I know we've chatted about often and you speak to often, the time management, right? Of like, oh, I don't have the time. One of the things that I love that you speak to is the energy management aspect instead. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah. So everything that we want is actually a feeling. And doesn't matter what personal development book you read, it's all the same thing. Everyone's talking about abundance and how you want to feel. And everyone is like, oh, yes, I'm this, I'm this. But you don't actually know how to feel. So if you don't know how to feel your fear, you're not going to know how to feel joy. If you don't know how to fear, you know, feel all of like you have to feel both sides of the coin. So there's the feeling part. You need to learn how to feel. But if everything that you want and desire is attached to a feeling, like you want a new home. Why do you want a new home? Go after, go get the new home. But what is the energy that you're after? What's the feeling? You want to release weight off your body. Great. How is that going to make you feel? It's going to be light. It's going to be energized. It's going to be whatever. But I guarantee all of us have achieved a goal and been like, oh, I didn't get there. And then you get there. It's actually the feeling. So the more you can bring feelings into your everyday, then as you are achieving that goal, you are then experiencing what you're actually really after. So money is a big one or connection in your relationships. Well, maybe I have to have that really emotionally uncomfortable conversation with my teenager like every freaking day. And But I want to do it in a way that feels connected. So instead of yelling and persecuting and blaming and shaming and punishing, I'm going to be like, hey, this happened. I know I got angry about it. I just wanted to apologize. Like, what's going on? And he may be reserved. He may be like, he may not feel psychologically safe to have that conversation with me, but I'm not giving up. How can I like shift my energy to feel a little more connected rather than, you know, out of alignment? So I got to more often than not, you're looking at yourself, asking yourself, what is the feeling I'm actually after? And how am I integrating that into my everyday life? And then usually there's, there's a process I take people through. It's called ETM. I mean, it's a five-step process. And then you physically put those things on the calendar too. And it's like it's like a practice. Once you start practicing it, you're like, oh, I get it now. And it brings you back home to yourself. It's interesting when you say, how do you want to feel? Too, from a weight loss perspective, right? Like what's the feeling you're after when you lose the weight? And it usually has nothing to do with the actual number, right? It usually has something to do. It's either... I want to feel confident again, or I want to feel attractive again, or whatever it is, something along those lines. But it's always this like, well, I can't feel those things until I get there. Right. And I think people forget that like you actually are never going to feel that if the only time you're focusing on that is by the time you achieve that number. Yeah. And the funny thing is you're kind of convincing yourself like it's an excuse. It's a shadow. Like you're you're backtracking. But then your brain is going to look for other people who agree with you. And then you're going to go find those people and you'll be like, see, look, they agree with me too. So everyone's seeking connection and belonging. And this is where I talk about it in my book, but like opting out of toxic motherhood. I was so triggered by like reels. And I'm sure you get triggered when you see things in the health industry as well. But I was so triggered by reels of like, let's be a victim or a martyr to a specific role in our lives. And I'm like, I can't even connect to that. So I wouldn't, you know, or you you go pick up your kids at school and they're like, oh, feel like shit. Yeah, me too. And I'm like, actually, I don't. And then I could watch them being like, 
well, you're not one of us. Like you're not welcome in the circle or it wasn't like, oh, tell me more. How do you not feel like shit? It was like, I don't want to talk to you. I purposely was opting out and watching how emotionally uncomfortable I was that I no longer belonged in this toxic inner circle. And then those people who were like, I want to opt out too, they came over and decided to learn from me. And I was like, you know what? You could still feel like shit. You could wake up and binge on coffee. That's totally fine. I'm not judging you for that, but you don't need to judge me for wanting to feel better. That's okay. So it, it's just fascinating to watch how we actually hang on to certain lifestyle habits, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, to feel, create connection instead of saying, like, thank you so much for serving a certain season of my life, but this no longer serves me. I want to go and live a different life. I want to feel alive. I want to be wealthy. I want to give back. I want to have deep, really good relationships with my close family. And if you disrespect me or treat me like shit, you're not going to get 60 seconds of my time. And that's okay. I'm not replying back to your text messages. I'm not buying into your crap. I just won't. I'm like, thank you for sharing. End of discussion, period. It's funny. I never felt like I was the person who fit in, like just through, I think through life, I, oh, there's always this like peace where I always felt different than mm-hmm. other people. And I always thought it was like a bad thing because I was always like, well, how can I fit in more? And then after having my daughter is when I think I noticed it the most of the whole, you know, toxic mommyhood culture. Mm-hmm. It actually just pissed me off. Cause I was like, this is it this is how we're all going to feel. And we're just accepting that this is how we feel now that we're in our thirties, forties beyond. This is just what our life is from now on. I was like, this can't be very fun. And no wonder everybody's angry (laughs) because I wouldn't want to feel this way either. And then I think that's where I started to kind of evolve of being okay with being different and Mm -hmm. not, you know, going with the grain on everything. I never identified as a people pleaser even as a child or a teenager. And I think that's why I like, I swung to the pendulum the other side where people would have perceived me as a rebel, but I was always like, but why, like, why do I have to do that? Not like confronting everything, but I'm like, I just don't see the value in that. Therefore I'm not going to do it. I know I'm not going to get the grade, but I'm not doing it to please you. And yeah, I really realize how I believe that saved my life. I advocated for myself. I advocate for my children and their educational system. It's exhausting all the time to have to be that advocate. But then I just, which is also why I think it's really important to take really good care of yourself when you are the quote unquote strong one, because no one else is going to do it for you. You know, we see those memes like check in on your strong friends. Nobody ever checks in on me. What I mean by that is like, I don't get text message. Well, sometimes I do, but then I'm like, (laughs) then I just discount it. I'm like, I'm fine. I'll take care of myself. I'm good. What I mean by that is they're like, you know, check in on your whatever friends, you know, every time there's like a thing going around. And I find it fascinating because I'm like, I check in on people on a daily basis. How about everyone else who is so self-consumed checks in on other people? But at this point in my life, I'm like, you know, I do believe we we all need to take radical responsibility for how we want to feel. There's a difference between checking in on someone versus doing their work for them. Mm -hmm. And a nice little like thinking of you, heart emoji, no attachment, just want you to know I was thinking about you today can go a long way. But I think, you know, this whole platter that everyone is carrying and like, 
the quote unquote mother load and woman load and everything is like, but what is yours and what is somebody else's? And, you know, I'm all about flicking stuff back at people, but not in a like mean way. It's just saying, hey, oh, I've been carrying this for you. Here you go. And sometimes that's our kids stuff, right? Like they can be toddlers and you're like, wow, every time you yell or scream, I like try to calm you down as quick as possible because my nervous system is in fight or flight. Oh shit. I'm, I'm literally not letting you learn how to sit with your big emotions. And once we can just slowly dissect like what is on our platter, we then feel lighter, but it's, it's a lot of unlearning. And, you know, when my children were smaller and sometimes even now when they get very rowdy, I walk around with headphones on all the time and I'm like, bye. Like I got to go because I'm going to scream and yell because my, I'm like a little sensitive Nancy. And so, but I want you to learn how to like be in the messy middle with each other. And I want you to sit with your emotional discomfort and I will be here. I will never let you drown, but I am, I am not going to be holding you up all the time to teach you how to swim. You gotta, you gotta attempt and I will be right next to you and with boundaries and bumpers. But like, if you don't wipe your own ass, you're going to walk around with shit because I'm not going to do it all for you. That's not going to serve you in the slightest. I think our clients ask us the question sometimes too. They're like, okay, but I'm, I'm doing this stuff. Like, how do I know, right? When it's paying, paying off, right? Or turning on, I'm like, you're going to notice it in your daily things. It's mm-hmm. just going to pop up. You're going to realize like, oh, I didn't react to that thing. Like I normally would have yesterday at dinner, our two-year-old just got pissed off. Like, you know, two-year-olds do. And he threw his dinner plate and like punched. And I just turned around and I looked at him and I was like, are you mad? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And I was like, well, we're going to clean this up. And then I just kind of walked away. Cause I was like, but I, I noticed, I was like, I probably would have reacted before. I probably would have been like, oh my gosh, look at the mess. There's food everywhere. Right. It's interesting to see like the little times you notice it in yeah. your day, most things pay off. It's not, I think we're all waiting for this big grandiose gesture. It's all in your small little stuff through the day. Yeah. I always find it interesting. Like when seasons change, like I remember, like I had like depression forever and that was like a huge part of my, I was going to say identity, but it was like, you know, a beautiful spring day. And I would just be like, I don't want to get out of bed. Or I would be, I'm like, I know I'm supposed to be happy. Like it's spring. And then like the next year would come and, you know, I was really intentional with like trying to like, how do I want to feel like dig my way out of it? I'm like, I can hear the birds. I feel a little cracking. And then like the next year would happen or some, you know, something else would happen. I'm like, oh my God, I can feel it. I can feel it coming. And it's like, it takes time. You have to you know, just be intentional about that. Something that you just said that reminded me with, there's so much unlearning, especially punishing, triggering kids, all that like emotional reactionary stuff. It would be different if you had a parent in the room, like the next generation, because that's another trigger, which I'm sure happens. And it's fascinating. I remember being young like a young mom, like the kids were young and I was so, you're insecure. You're, you don't know what you're doing. You're trying to learn. You're reading these books, but who's teaching you to parent? It's the next generation above, right? Or like I had a cousin who was raising kids 
around the same time. And I spent a lot of time with her. She helped me with my oldest when I was in school, but she was like, I think she's 10 years older than me. She was like a homeschooler and oh gosh, she had all these like foster kids and she was like a hippie and would make her own. This was like before making your own milk was cool and all of that fun stuff. And so I spent a lot of time with her, but I remember feeling like shame by her because she would be like, I didn't want to yell at my kids. And she had no issue like yelling at her kids and like spanking her kids. And I was like, that's just not my thing. I'm not going to do it. So I was like getting, I was like, this is double stressful. My nervous system is charged because my kid is reacting and I'm like, it's okay. And then I have someone else looking down on me or when they freak out in the grocery store. So the shit is not fun. It's not emotionally comfortable and confidence comes with practice. So I like to reflect regardless if it's a kid or if it's a marriage or money or health and just reflect and go, what happened there? Where did I get triggered? Where did I like shut down? Where did I react? And is progress not perfection? And be like, okay, next time I'm going to like visualize walking into the room when that other person is there that triggers the crap out of me, when my child is inevitably going to have their tantrum and I'm just going to be like, I'm the mom, not you. Like visualize yourself being assertive, holding a boundary or say, oh, I guess we're going to go home. And it's like practice, practice, practice. It's parenting is personal growth on steroids, marriage, personal growth on steroids, business, personal growth on steroids. If you choose to like become better at anything, you're going to grow so rapidly if you're willing to run towards the emotional discomfort. Yeah, that's funny. I, my mom doesn't live with us and she lives in another state. And my mom is amazing. I always say like, did the best that she could with what they had, right? And we've had these conversations, but when she's in town, it's a conversation around, well, the politics and the president and the economy and you know the future. And I finally was just like, mom, I have zero control over any one of those things. So I'm just going to do what I can do right now. And there's plenty that I can take control of with my kids. And if I'm not okay with something, I'll say I'm not okay with it and Mm -hmm. and we'll move on. But I'm not going to turn on the news and sit and stress and fret over what somebody in Louisiana is doing that has zero effect on my life here whatsoever. My mother lives with me. (laughs) It's fascinating to watch. Um, but I also feel like we teach people how to treat us. And so as you continue to have these conversations over and over and over again, she's like, why even bring up the news when I literally stare at her and go, I have no idea what you're talking about. And, and I will not engage in this conversation. So if you want to talk about something life enhancing, or I will sit and hold space if you're having a bad day, but you don't just get to shit on me all the time. And it's fascinating because then I have my child who looks at like my oldest, who looks at me the way I look at my mother. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm triggering the crap out of him. It's fascinating. It's just generational. So I'm always going through this lens of how do I want to feel? So even if I don't agree with someone, I'm just like, I would want to feel respected. So how can I be like, huh, I can see this is a big thing for you. I have no idea what you're talking about. Do you want to go for a walk? I'll listen to you if we go for a walk. (laughs) And then it's like, oh, you don't want to go for a walk. Cool. I'm going for my walk. (laughs) Well, thanks for being here. I know you have a couple of resources that people can go to if they want to connect with you further. Heatherchauvet.com slash you said free gifts. Free gifts. Yeah. So I hang out a lot on the podcast, Emotionally Uncomfortable, the book Dying to Be a Good Mother. I have a quiz. It shows you where to focus your energy and attention if you want to get started. Because I know that 
how do you want to feel reverse engineering how you want to feel i tell people is not i don't teach people how to make green smoothies this is not easy stuff it's big stuff that we're going through and yeah so check out free heatherchauvin.com forward slash free links um or free gifts not links free gifts and all the resources are there follow me on instagram at heather chauvin i always love when people send me a dm let me know what they took away from this and that's it just go live your best life i'll put all those links in the show notes too so if you're driving don't stop please yeah don't do that (laughs) thank you thanks brooke and that's it for this episode on the power of a woman podcast If any part of this episode resonated with you, I would greatly appreciate you giving it a review, sharing it on your social media, and tagging me for another woman who may need to hear it too. If changing the narrative is something you're ready to take action on, my coaching programs are set up to help you do just that. We will address the nutrition, movement, lifestyle, stress, gut health, and hormonal needs that you individually have as a woman so that we can help you feel your absolute best and own your power too. Connect with me on Instagram at Brooke Razzie or head over to my website at brookrazzie.com to learn more.